Hello, creators. Welcome to the Money and Triple X podcast, the podcast for creators by creators. We are brought to you by Minx Digital. Check us out for all of your creator and marketing service needs. Our website is minxdigital.com, M-I-N-X-X-X digital.com. And you can follow us on all social channels, Minx Social, M-I-N-X, just one X there. And I am your host, Stella Skye, and today we are joined with Tracy, who is a specialist of therapy in the sex work world and for people sex therapy, but also for people who are sex workers, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm actually a hypnotherapist, so I'm not technically a therapist, but I am a swinger, kink, poly-friendly hypnotherapist. Yeah. And that's really important. We discuss in the makes course how it's important to have a team that supports what you're doing, that there's a lot of people uh, who are going to try to just assume that that is hurtful, harmful to you, period, and that you can't also flourish and grow, even if you're doing this kind of work. Uh, So thank you so much for joining us, Tracy. Uh, Do you want to just share a little bit more about your background and your socials if our audience wants to follow you? Uh, basically I was an internationally touring comedian for about 18 years and the last, uh, 12, 14 years of that, I developed a comedy show just for swingers, nudists, and BDSM. And so I got to travel all over the world and it just started out with me being a comic, telling jokes. And then I got hired to perform at a clothing optional resort and I loved the people I started getting a little bit of a following. And then a couple of years later, somebody's like, hey, I got this house party. You want to do comedy at the house party? And I, so not knowing people would be fucking while I'm telling jokes. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, this, this is a swinger party. Um, but this is kind of cool. Uh, and then pretty soon, one of the largest swinging websites said, hey, it's our 10th anniversary. We want to fly you to the Dominican Republic and do jokes for other people who own swing clubs. And I'm like, okay. And then the next year they're like, hey, we're doing a a convention in Vegas and we want to fly you to Vegas uh, so you could do comedy there. And I'm like, okay. And then, hey, we just bought out this uh, cruise ship. We're going to do a swingers cruise. You want to do entertainment? Um, Okay. And so pretty soon, um, you know, I'm traveling all over the world being the entertainer at these swinger events. Well, when you're an entertainer, you work like as a comic two hours a whole week and you're with these people. So I spent my spare time talking to people. What do they like about the lifestyle? What don't they like about the lifestyle? What what do they get off on? What are they about? Why do they do this? And I learned, you know, through the swinger community that not everybody's there just to fuck someone else's husband or wife. There's a lot of times where one family member is ill uh, and they want their partner to have fun and still enjoy, even though they can't because of their illness. Um, there's a lot of unfulfilled fantasies that have happened, you know, while they were raising the kids 18 years. And now they yeah. got the empty nest and they're like, fuck, now what do we do? I don't know. Yeah. Let's fuck a neighbor. And so there's in a, a whole- In a safe, consensual way too. Exactly. Like how important- So uh, I found an opportunity here. This came about at the time we had like a housing market crash, like in Mm 2008-9. All the comedy clubs were closing up and the cruise ships were letting go of their comedians. And so no one's going to hire a new headliner 
when they got a guy who's been doing cruise ships for 12 years back on land. So I saw an opportunity to become the nudist swinger comic. And so I developed a whole show just for that. And to do comedy, you have to observe what people do. So that is kind of my weird way into the adult industry. Yes. And did your way into it. (laughs) Yes. And as a result through the swinger world, you do meet escorts. You do Mm -hmm. meet uh, strippers. You do meet housewives that are really talented on a pole. You do, you meet a whole plethora of people And um, when I got into hypnosis, what I did was to do a stage show like Friday night and then do my comedy show Saturday night. But I found a lot of people really needed help with self-esteem, with weight loss, with jealousy issues, uh, with the playrooms for the swingers. The guys were like, well, I know how to fuck one person, but I don't know how to be in a room with 100 people and, and fuck one person. Can you help me? Um, I've been monogamous for 35 years and now I'm expected to use a condom. Can you help me? And so I started doing hypnosis for all these different scenarios. I had a lady who was uh, married 22 years. She couldn't swallow. Uh huh. And, and I'm like, do you love your husband? She goes, I love him very much. And I feel like less of a woman because he's now going to other swingers to get this and I can't give this to him. So I hypnotized her and we went back in time and I said, did you ever have problems with your tonsils? And she goes, oh my God, when I was a little girl, they used to pin me down and pour this thick, slimy amoxicillin down my throat. I went, there's your problem. Let's fix it. And so now we clear out that memory. So it's out of her body. And then, um, I said, obviously, you know, you're 50, you've swallowed many other things just fine. Uh, I said, what's your favorite beverage? And she's like, well, I really like grape juice. And so I said, when you're with your husband, I want you to mention he is the world's best grape juice dispenser. (laughs) Boom. Done. Wow. I love that. Happy life. So a lot of, in hypnosis, you know, they give you all these scripts for smoking and weight loss. All right. There's not a script out there yeah. for a woman <laughs> who can't swallow because of tonsillitis. So I had to get really good on the fly with this stuff. So that's what, that's why I do what I do. Yeah. I got a creative mind. I'm open. Uh, I get a lot of people that don't want to have to justify their lifestyle choices. Yeah. Because I don't care. Um I get a lot of people, they don't want to go to a traditional therapist because uh, BDSM was in the uh, psychiatry book as a, a bad thing oh, for Oh, really? A long it's time. in the DSM? I, I didn't know so. that. Or oh it was. It might be okay yeah. now. Yeah, right. But, but yeah, um, wasn't being gay it, in the DSM too, right? Yeah. So that's kind of how, how I work a little bit. And that's what I do. And so uh, if that piques your interest, you can find me in a lot of different websites uh, wings hypnosis, like flappy wings. Um, with the, I picked that name to rise above. So wings hypnosis.com. You can also find me on erotic hypnotherapist.com. And then I also host a podcast, the hilarious hypnotist.com. And you can see a lot of the work I do. And I get people who, One of the girls on my show, she wanted to be able to experience a a DP, a double penetration, 
but she couldn't because she had been raped by two guys. And so we had to work through, uh, get that experience back in perspective so that she could enjoy a DP. So I have a lot of interesting cases that people have chosen to share with other people. So that, that is what is I do. Awesome. The hilarious hypnotherapist. Check it out, everybody. Well, the so, hilarious hypnotist.com. <laughs> hypno, hypnotist. Hilarious yeah. hypnotist. It's almost a tongue twister. Yes. So uh, since this industry is such a roller coaster of emotions, you know, why do you think it's so important that people are taking care of these hangups, these mental health hangups, that they're doing that self-care that's not glamorous, you know? Uh, why is that so cr crucial for adult creators in particular? So for adult creators, you are literally putting everything out there. And it's very easy because as an adult creator, you have to create a connection with your audience because that's how you get paid. If you don't connect with an audience, you don't make money. So that when the audience turns on you, it feels very, very personal because you gave a piece of yourself to them. So you need to find a way to still make that connection, but protect your core from the rejection that you might experience when somebody changes, moves on to a different thing. So there's a lot of different tools and techniques that I, I, I know that I share with my clients to help them through this. How would you recommend kind of in that vein, how would you recommend like a newer creator who's looking to start out? How do they kind of figure out and set those boundaries from the outset without having to kind of stumble across them and cross them before realizing that was a boundary? I would say the best advice I could give is that if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. Mm -hmm. Don't do it. No matter how good the money is, if it doesn't feel good for you, don't do it. So for instance, in my line of work, um, I have focused my practice specifically on helping people overcome a trauma, get past a block, self-care, that kind of thing. But I'll get somebody who doesn't read the literature real well. I had this call the other day. Uh, I had a guy who wanted um, uh, a session on, it's kind of gross, but he wanted uh, to be hypnotized, to be turned on by diarrhea. All right. Okay. I don't want to, I'm not going to yuck on someone else's yum. It's his thing. It's his thing. But I don't want to spend 90 minutes of my life doing that. So I don't. That's it. It's just very, very simple. That's just, I'm like, how would I feel after doing this session? And yeah. I was like, nope. Yes. So have the awareness, it. check in with yourself before you do things be honest with yourself, have that conversation with yourself and then decide, you know, is this making me feel weird? Okay. Maybe this is, it's not worth it. Cause it's never worth the money in the long scheme of things. How much could somebody possibly pay you? A year's salary is not what they're paying you. So, yeah. you know, and, and even never. so, so then you start to negotiate with yourself. So like when I got this request, I'm like, all right, what would I take to do mm. the session? And I started coming up with like, would I do this for $2,000? Nah. And then <laughs> I just decided, and I don't think this gentleman would pay $2,000 for that. And maybe he would, who knows? There's, uh, you know, 
everything's out there, but I just, it just came down to, it did not feel good for me to do the session. And so, you know, time to find something else, time to spend that 90 minutes doing something I love. Exactly. And something that makes me happy. There you go. Yes. The fulfillment factor. So this is another topic for a lot of creators, but the topic of uh, like self-image being confident in themselves. We're looking in the mirror all the time. We're taking pictures all the time of ourselves. And do you have any tips for kind of navigating that whole mental hurdle of just accepting and loving your body and image for what it is and not comparing to other creators? Exactly. Um, People struggle with this all the time because they're taught that they have to fit in. They have to be like everybody else. But when you see who's truly great in their profession, there's something a little bit off. There's something a little bit special about them. And so really falling in love with what's special about you is the best thing that you can do. But also to take a moment to reconnect. I call it um, making a deposit in your happy account. Okay, because people, they're judging you by how you look, possibly your personality, but they're not getting to know the true you. And so taking a moment to put, make a deposit in your happy account. And this can take, for me, I remember I had a stretch of three years where I was just working and working and working and working and doing all different things. And somebody said, make a deposit in your happy account. And I was like, you know, I haven't built a puzzle in five years. And so I bought a Mickey and Minnie Mouse puzzle. I turned off my phone. I played music. I ate every bad food in the world. And I built that puzzle over eight hours. And then I slept for like two days. It was, it was bliss because I hadn't treated myself in three years. So making that deposit in your happy account is the best thing you can do. I love that. The so, happy account. Yes. Cause sometimes yeah. we can get a little distracted with the, the bank oh, account. Yeah. Withdrawals <laughs> on it all day long. You know, mm-hmm. you got people, you know, who say something mean to you. You got people who are targeting you for whatever Absolutely. reason. They're telling you dumb shit. Like, why don't you get a real job? You know, mm-hmm. bullshit. And so you just have to remember to connect with what truly makes you happy and enjoy yeah what you've worked so hard for. Yes. And that really leads me into my next question, which is trolls and dealing with trolls online. How do you suggest creators and sex workers handle that online hate that comes at them? So uh, one of my favorite shows that I saw, this is like the guiltiest pleasure show, uh, a big deposit in my happy account. There was a show called um, America's Most Smartest Model. And it was probably on maybe 10 years ago. And there was a lingerie model named Mandy Lynn, who was 38, 12, 38, or something, just ridiculous proportions. Beautiful lady. And I clicked on, I think this was so long ago, she had a MySpace account. I clicked on her MySpace account. And she had a thing that said, love all the motherfuckers that hate you because they're your biggest fans. Yeah. And I went, oh. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I place it. Yeah. That's stuck with you. Yeah. I I feel the same way, Tracy. I'm like, you know, you're here commenting and watching. So thank you. I really appreciate that. Yep. (laughs) 
despite what you're saying, I think you just want my attention. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, a lot of them do it. And, you know, how sad is their world that they got nothing better to do but to log on and watch your site and post table shit? <laughs> totally. They're watching you so carefully and it's so weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just fuck those people. So. I love it. Awesome. And for the happy account, do you have other suggestions? I like the puzzles. What are other kind of self-care practices that you recommend to people that are healthy, you know, can get easy to get sucked into vices that are not necessarily healthy or serving us in the long term? Like sometimes a vice gets called self-care. Like oh, I really need that bottle of wine tonight, but it really didn't do self-care. It undid. So what are some true self-care practices that you like, Tracy? Um, physical movement. There's a lot of joy in dance. Um, so just some kind of movement to to move that energy through your body because you may have some stuck energy from working all day. So some kind of movement. Um, meditation is good. Uh, that allows you to take a moment and just get back connected with the core of who you are. Um, other things you can do. Yeah, go I don't know. They could movie. be little deposits too. Yeah. Movies. I really enjoy the um, Barbie movies. Just something that you, just something <laughs> that takes you out of your uh, comfort zone mm -hmm. for a little bit and, and out of your comfort zone in a healthy way. Something mm -hmm. that challenges you to uh, think differently, be differently, do something differently, something like that. Anything that takes you out. Cause I find when I do the same thing over and over, it gets dreary and boring. You um, don't really learn of, anything, you know? Right. One of my favorite things is an escape room. Oh yeah. Because Those I are love cool. escape rooms because it, you have to use your brain. You got to, you know, solve the mystery or whatever it is. And also it, it ties you with other people. So if you get a group of friends to do it, um, it's a good activity. And then you see who you would truly want to be stuck with in an emergency and <laughs> who needs to be out of your life. <laughs> Ditch the rest of the friends. No, yeah. <laughs> I so. like those. Yeah. Being active, especially I, I work out a lot and fitness is really important to me. And when I'm uh, neglecting that aspect of my self-care routine, boy, do I feel it? I get so irritable and just like depressed. I literally think everything is wrong and yeah. it turns out I just needed to work out. <laughs> you know, the another thing things. is um, art. Yes. Some kind of art. And, and this is where people fuck themselves with art. They're like, Oh, I don't really know how to paint. It doesn't fucking matter. Right. What matters is getting the emotions that you're expressing onto canvas or yeah. a medium and the freedom of expression. So right. do a collage. Uh, you don't even have whatever, to draw it. Yeah. Right. Don't judge yourself. Just so, get the emotions out, whatever that stuck energy, get it out. Love it. Yeah. I'm a big, so. big advocate. That's my little yarn art in the background. I like to make art and do those kinds of things too. Yeah. Very therapeutic. I say it's like I'm in creation mode. Like I just need to like make things. It doesn't matter. I'll get fixated. There was a period of time where I was making pom-pom balls out of yarn. I had all this yarn and I didn't know why I was making pom-poms, but I just needed to make them. And it was my, it was my little, I don't know what, what you would call it. <laughs> my activity for the week. It made you happy. It did. It made me happy. The pom-poms made me point. happy. 
Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So don't worry about the end product. It's the process that's making you happy. That's the point. It's not the yep. point that you have a perfect picture to hang on your wall at the end. Exactly. Not at all. Uh, do you think there's a specific kind of mental health challenge that's more common kind of in the sex worker creator world in the adult content swinger world? Um, the ones that I come across, it's always self-confidence. Uh, it, it boils down to self-confidence, self-esteem. Um, and men, it's like, well, I don't have a big dick. And then and women, I don't, my tits aren't big enough. Um, a lot of times there's trauma and abuse early on that stemmed from it. I'll get a lot of calls like this. I think something happened to me, but I'm not sure. And they want me to hypnotize them to figure out what that was. And I'm like, if you think something happened to you, it did. Okay. You may not remember, but your body remembers. That's why your unconscious mind is sending you those signals. So rather than try to remember what it is, let's just try and get whatever that was out of your system. And like with a lot of my clients, they never put this together. But while I was raped, uh, you know, at an early age, I'm like, congratulations, the worst sex you've had, you're ever going to have is done. Yeah, <laughs> it only gets better. <laughs> and they're like, wow, I never looked at it like, that. <laughs> I'm like, yay, you the worst sex is out of your way. It can only get better from there. And they're like, wow, I never, never thought about it like that. Like, yeah. yeah. Help them process, right? Get, yep. Just but deal it, with it mentally and move on to the next, the next <clears throat> adventure in a way. Yeah. Yeah. But, and then the other thing that I would think would come up, uh, it's always a, a little surface thing is like, am I enough? Mm -hmm. um, because adult creators are paid to look a certain way and behave a certain way. Um, and so making peace with who's on the inside, that there is something in there, you know, and what you're choosing to do. I had a, a an OnlyFans lady call me up and she says, uh, another therapist told her, why don't you get a job at McDonald's? And she goes, because McDonald's isn't going to pay me 85,000 a year to do what I do. So it's just kind of being crystal clear with you. You are not necessarily your job. This is just a means to live a life that you want to have. And yes, you can truly love your work. Yes. But, but it's still, I think that's a good point because just because you love your work and you're very passionate about it, you still need to set that delineation. It's even harder when you love what you do. But if you don't, that is not a recipe for success. You know, I've done it. I've done it for other jobs that I've had that I really, really enjoy. But when a, the boundaries start to blur and work is life and life is work, uh, it doesn't matter how much I love it. It steals the joy from the job. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Do you have any stories about someone that you've worked with that you can share? Um, but any stories that kind of really hit home for you or taught you something unexpected? As far as um, every day. Yeah. <laughs> every day. <laughs> I learned something new. Um, some of the cases I can share 
Um, I get a lot of guys who have experienced uh, ED, erectile dysfunction. And um, like the one guy, he was a Marine back, you know, in his 20s. And now he's in his 50s and things aren't working the way they used to. And so when we traced it back, you know, Marines give 200% or they are not a Marine. And so we had to scale that back. I said, first of all, you're not a Marine anymore. You can be one up here. I said, but your body is not happy about this decision. And so what we did, I said, can you have the same impact at 199%? And he goes, well, yeah. And then we scaled it back. And I said, your body needs a break. I said, quit demanding it, do 200%. I said, be thrilled with 80. (laughs) So that was one that this drive for perfection can hurt you. That was one lesson. Um, pay attention to your body. Sometimes your body tells you stuff, uh, and your conscious mind overrides it. And then all of a sudden your body says, and nails you with some illness. And your body's like, I told you to listen, fucker. Yeah. (laughs) And you're like, but, but, but. Right. Like all of a sudden you throw your back out. It's trying to warn you. Yeah. Yeah. Time to take a break and mm-hmm. allow, give yourself the grace that if your body is saying, I've had enough, honor that request. Yeah. Uh, and ideally, and you're listen. using your happy bank <laughs> to take yes. care of it before it gets to the point where your body has to, you know, slam on the brakes and say, I said we're taking a rest. So we're taking a rest now. You're going to be sick next week. <laughs> Yeah, we're exactly. Yeah. So, so look out for those signs. And then, um, you know, one of the best things that I tell, so if you were to see me in person, you could have this exact one. Um, but what it is, you know, it's an A5 That's a cool looking journal. I, it is a happy journal. Indeed. I love it. Um, and what you do, and I got this idea from another hypnotherapist, so there's five tabs in here. If you can see that, there we go. So you got five tabs. And the first one is happy memories. So any happy memory, okay? And it can be, hey, I made a $25 tip. It can be, I got artwork from my kids' uh, kindergarten class. It can be any happy memory. And it doesn't have to be uh, a whole page, okay? You could just put, hey, I raked up leaves and fell in the pile today. Your body knows. Your body can go right back to that pile of leaves and fall in it. You don't have to write all that stuff. So happy memories. Okay. Then you got affirmations and declarations. Okay. Affirmations is going to be, I'm beautiful. I'm lovable. I am amazing at what I do. Um, I This week, I earn X amount of dollars. I'm going to get two more followers, eight more followers, whatever it is. So those are your affirmations and declarations. The third tab is goals and dreams. Okay. So um, mine is like a list of countries that I want to visit. I want to cruise around the world. Um, uh, I have some hypnosis goals. I have some other goals. So that all goes there. 
The fourth tab is gratitude, things that you're thankful for. Um, I'm thankful for the clients I have. I'm thankful for my fans. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for this podcast. And then the last is gems and quotes. And these are the sayings that keep you going. It can be uh, song lyrics. It can be um, uh, poetry that you write. It can be quotes. You know, one of my favorite quotes is fall seven times, stand up eight. For every time you get knocked down, pick yourself back up. Uh, And then I have uh, another tattoo that says, if you're not doing what you love, you're wasting your time. So what you do now is that you add a couple of things every day. And then you have like a whole resource of happy that you can go back to at any given time. So the happy journal is everything. And you spend 15 minutes a day doing it. You know, when you get up in the morning, coffee, happy journal. Exactly. I think there's there's important power in like writing things down. Sometimes we think like we can just keep it all up in here, but you'll forget and your your mind is like a tricky place, you know. It will it will convince you things are not true. It will twist words, but if you write it down, it's there. Yeah. So, if you do get it twisted, you can come back and go, "Oh. The happy memories uh bank I love." I did this project one year. I was doing a DBT therapy group because I was, so to speak, in the basement, um, maybe in like 2018, 2019. I was just not doing good mentally. I was really low. And I signed up for DBT therapy. And getting into journaling and all of that was a really helpful step. And I decided to do a project over the course of a year where I had a jar And every time I had something good, I think it was like every day I would write my highlight of the day and put that little strip strip of paper in the jar. And then at the end of the year for New Year's, I opened up my jar and I went through like my wonderful year, but it was twofold. And the same thing with your journal, right? Because there's the one thing you get to look back at it. But the second thing is you start looking for these things in your life. And that's the real magic. Yes. Training your brain for happy instead of uh, existing on your brain trying to survive. Right. Because your brain will naturally do that, right? It it, Biologically, it's trying to survive a scary world out there. It doesn't know. It's a nervous system inside of a body. So it's always looking for negative or scary things to avoid. So if you train that happy in, you'll, you'll be able to see that more. You'll be able to move positively through the world. I think that's awesome. Highly recommend. I think that's great advice. Have a journal, the tabs, affirmations. Tell yourself you deserve it. It has saved me because then, all right, so what I say is try and add three things to it every day, not per tab. All right, because you'll make yourself nuts on the goals and dreams. All right, but definitely try to add a happy memory. Try to add an affirmation. Try to add gratitude. And then the quotes as you come across them and the goals and dreams uh, early on, you'll spend more time on there, but then just add a little bit every day. And then you can date it. You can not date it. Um, I have like a bunch of, uh, I'm a pen snob. So I have like a bunch of um, gel two, yeah, pilot G2 markers. (laughs) This is so, yeah, there you go. (laughs) 
I am also a pen snob. My other snobby pen is my zebra pens. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those are my two. Yeah. And so whatever pet, if gel pens make you happy on your journal, do your gel pens, whatever. It's it's your journal, right? Yep. And then also, if you get a beautiful comment from a fan, add it. Yeah. If you get a thank you from a fan, add it. Put it all in there. And that way you've got this whole resource of happy. It's, It's very powerful. And people will gravitate, you know, towards that as, as, you know, not looking beyond the lens of just for your own personal self, right? Like subscribers, potential subscribers, they will gravitate towards a a happy being, you know, that, that truly loves and accepts themselves. And so, you know, not that I really want to sell mental health as a sales tactic to make money, but you will make more money. (laughs) Yeah, if, if they'll they'll pick up on your energy, your vibe attracts your tribe. And that's just if you have a negative vibe, you will attract negative comments. And if you have a happy vibe and oh, well, I'm sorry, I didn't make you happy. Have a great day. Yeah, they'll move on because you're not feeding the troll monster. Yes. And everybody else will appreciate you for it, too. Right? Yeah, exactly. Could these platforms like OnlyFans, like Pornhub, could they do a better, uh, what do you think they could do better to be supporting their, their creators in a mental health perspective? So there isn't really anything as far as I can see on their websites. I've never come across like. <laughs> they don't make money. Need help? Right. On, how do I say it? They don't make money on that. Um, and Honestly, I don't think that's their job. Um, your your job is to take care of you. Your job is to provide content that people want to watch. Um, but ultimately, your job is to take care of you. Uh, Pornhub is not going to do that. OnlyFans is not going to do that. They're they're cash machines. That's it. They they want a, a, a piece of whatever you give them, uh, and that. It's obviously a great model. It's working out great for them. They've been around for a while and they're doing well. But um, everybody has to look out for themselves. And that's that's the sad truth to the whole thing. But if you realize that now you can take those steps to take care of yourself, I think there's a, a presupposition that because you are creating adult content that you are not necessarily a healthy person. Yeah. Oh, well, and so, tell me about that. Yeah. The comments, yeah. you know, fatherless oh, I'm behavior. Sure. <laughs> I'm sure. So can you be an adult content creator and be a healthy person? Oh yeah. Yep. You definitely can, but they're not looking for that. Um, so you're, I'd say, you know, every content creator, you got to look out for yourself because nobody else is looking out for you. You're your own business, right? So that goes along with you are also the HR for your business too. So it, it all goes hand in hand. They're not doing your HR for you. You have to do it within. It's, so then- it's the joy of being self-unemployed. You get to call your own hours. <laughs> You are yeah. your own 401k. Pluses and minuses. Something yeah. to consider. I mean, I think it's important if somebody who's listening and you haven't gotten into it yet, but you're thinking about doing that, that is an aspect to consider is that you do have to take these all of these pieces into your own hands that 
you might expect your employer to be handling right now. And it's going to all be on you. And the amount of money you make also is going to be on you. So if you're not able to take on those many facets, it might not be the career for you. Correct. Yeah. Well, then how do we go about kind of let's what what direction do we need to move in, I would say, to make the mental health conversation for sex workers specifically? How do we make this less taboo? Because I don't see anybody very rarely, maybe uh, Pineapple Support is the one kind of larger network that I know of, but there's not a whole lot of people talking about it. Um, and to that point of, you know, people want to see a happy person on the screen. So it's also hard to even reach out as a creator to, to say that I am struggling and I need help and where is help. So how do we start changing that conversation? I think education going in podcasts like yours are a great way um, because people I'm sure are watching this for tips on how they can grow their business not thinking that the the dark side of this business can catch up with them. And and it's not actually just the dark side of this business. It's every business. Um, I can tell you there's a lot of hypnotherapists that are just as fucked up because they don't do their own self-care. And so now you have an injured person trying to help other injured people. So um, it's just partly how it goes sometimes. So having the conversation with yourself now and booking that self-care time just as religiously as you book the times that you work is going to make all the difference in the world. Book your self-care, put that into your schedule, even if it's 30 minutes, 15 minutes a day to just, you know, take a few cleansing breaths and just get back to the core of who you are. I love it. For somebody who's thinking about seeking professional help and they're kind of hesitating a little bit, what would you say to that person? Um, call somebody. Um, <laughs> call anybody. Uh, definitely. Sometimes just talking it out is the best thing you can do. Um, a lot of people, you know, they tend to want to work with a therapist. Um, I personally found hypnotherapy to be a lot faster. Uh, a really quick way to get through trauma and that sort of thing or those feelings. But there are some people that um, my philosophy is that everybody's born neutral and then life happens. You're born into that fucked up family with the brother that tries to kill you and the uncle that thinks you're cute. Uh, and then you have this fucked up life. And so you start to react in ways as a product of growing up, but you started out neutral yeah. So and then you're just trying to survive. The, right. So then people think they need to give you labels. Oh, I'm bipolar. I have ADHD. I have ADHD. And they start going through all, you know, I get people that rattle off 12 acronyms. I'm like, are you happy? You got 12 labels. Are you still a fucking mess? You just have more labels to identify it. So um, working through all that, finding uh, somebody that you resonate with is the key. And, you know, a lot of times the insurance wants to dictate who you see, but if insurance dictates, you see a fucktard, you're not going to get results from a fucktard because you don't resonate with them. So hold out for somebody that makes sense to you and hold out for somebody that you resonate with 
who who gets where you're coming from and to, that can help you make those changes. Yeah. So that's, and I probably went way off topic somewhere. <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Just like reach out to that person, whoever it may be initially talk it out to finding that provider, but yeah, making sure it's a supportive one. Uh, clearly from this interview, if you haven't figured out by now, I'm a fucking straight shooter. <laughs> I feel like if you're, a if you're a comedian, <laughs> is there any other way? <laughs> well, yeah, because, you know, I, I, I talk with other, uh, so I'm in this program now. I don't want to say the name of the program, but I'm in there with four other mental, their mental health people. <laughs> and, just talking with them, you'd be like, one of these people is not like the others uh, because they talk around in circles and they're throwing out all these kinds of therapy that they do. I'm like, are you getting results? Well, you know, some people are, are just so hard to crack. I'm like, I helped a girl who was trafficked uh, get past a trauma in 40 minutes. What the fuck are you doing seeing people, you know, so... I resonate with that so hard because yeah. that's been true for so many aspects of my life for working out. People will be like, oh, well, this is the way that you have to do it. And I'm like, well, I'm getting the results doing what I'm doing. So I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Or yeah, it it just applies like everywhere, right? Like don't get caught up in same thing with the labels, right? Like me personally, for physical health, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. That's a label. And the labels are only helpful if they if they guide you towards an action plan. Because the label itself does nothing. You know, label on, label off, I got tummy issues. End of story. So, <laughs> so what matters is, okay, you get a label. Let's ha- make an, au- an action plan out of this. Like, what is that? Okay, well, what do I do for this? How do I help this? But if you just accept a label and then a, a bottle as being the end all be all, it it might not it might not be the solution for you. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. So switching gears just a little bit, but for a lot of these creators, it's a lot of online stuff. And online world and real life world are different places. You know, it can be easy to get them mixed up. But how do you keep your boundaries sacred? <laughs> how do you maintain a balanced mind when having to be such an online presence? You know, um, I'm the worst person to ask that question because <laughs> <laughs> I I live my life. Okay, so not only do I do erotic hypnotherapy, I live at a nudist resort and I have five Airbnbs at a nudist resort. Um, one of the first things I did was that I told, um, eventually it took me a while. I told my family what the deal was. Um, I live my life and I live it in a way that I'm happy. And if somebody doesn't want to be my friend, perfect. I'm so good with that. Uh, because that's one less pain in my fucking ass that I have. And if somebody, and, and so people say, well, what do you do for a living? I had at this big corporate thing that I'm now a part of, uh, it's a leadership group. I had, we had to go around and everybody's like, oh yeah, I'm a middle manager for this. I'm a middle manager for this. I'm like, 
I'm an erotic hypnotherapist and I own five Airbnbs in a nudist resort and I'm a retired comic. And the whole room was like, mic drop, you know. (laughs) And so obviously the minister in the group didn't go out of his way to make, say hello. uh, And that's fine. Totally fine. I don't have to worry about that fucker. So uh, I can focus on, but then three people said, which nudist resort? Oh my God. I love that one. That's my favorite one. And those became my people. Those are my people. And so there be you, the world will adjust. It will adjust. Not everybody is meant for you. And especially when you, you know, I, as a comedian, I entertain swingers, nudists and BDSMers. People would go, Oh, you're a comedian. Have I seen you on TV? No. <laughs> no, you have not. Everything I say is filthy. <laughs> and it talks about promiscuous sex. No, no, you haven't heard me at all. And so, <laughs> so I just found to just be honest with who I was to live my life. The, the world does adjust. I got married a couple months ago. Um, we had two blood family members at the wedding. My husband's aunt and uncle were there. The other 298 people were my people. It was the best wedding because it was all my people. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I did a Facebook invitation for the family. They didn't like it because it wasn't a formal invitation. And I'm like, the same family, the same family that said, well, if you're moving into a nudist resort, I'm not going to come visit you. It's like, I've been in Florida 25 fucking years. You haven't been here yet. <laughs> I'm sure the nudist resort is not the problem. Right. That was <laughs> keeping you away. Yeah, so. I swear. <laughs> like, this should be called the Just Be Yourself podcast. Every episode, no matter it who is. the person is, it always ends up circling around just be yourself. Be your unique person. It will make you the most money. It will make you the happiest. It will keep you the most mentally sane. Yeah. It will. And Because when you try to be someone else, you're miserable because yes. who is that? You know, and then you fall short because, you know, you just make yourself crazy. And so, like, when my clients come in here and they tell me their fucked up life, you know, uh, and I, and I start right off. And I just say, thank you, family, for giving me a life that Netflix writers would pay for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and when's like, the book wow, coming out? I never thought of it that way. My, fa- my family is fucked up. Yeah, now you see it. Now you see it from a, a TV show writer point of view that this is a story that people would pay to see. Own it. Yeah, it doesn't have to define you. You just have to be from it. It's That's still it. part you can... of your – it's still in your story, right? Like you won't change that. You can't change what is written. You can absolutely change the uh, the tone <laughs> and the narrative going forward. Right. You You can't change your life, but you can change how you look at your life. And if you can look at your life from of, hey – that was fucked up instead of, Oh my God, it traumatizes me. It's a totally different life. Yeah. This is, yeah, that was fucked up and I didn't deserve that. And 
going forward, I'm going to, you know, command the respect and peace that I do deserve. And I know that that's what I don't deserve. And I wasn't worth that wasn't that spoke nothing about my worth. Exactly. Moment. Yes. And then so another thing people don't see, like I had a, uh, a client who was, I think he was raped by two neighbors as a young kid. And 40 years later, he's now a father. I said, I know this is kind of a weird way to look at it, but how did this experience make you a better father? He goes, I knew where my kids were 150% of the time. I said, and I'll bet it was because of that one experience, because you saw the evil that was in the world and you made a change. So there's always, there's always light in the darkness. You just got to get that match lit in order to see it sometimes. Make your happy journal. Yeah. Well, Tracy, it has been excellent talking with you, but to wrap up, do you have a golden nugget about mental health for everybody listening that you would like to share? Um, the happy journal. I think that was the, the best one. Keep a happy journal, keep training your brain to focus on the positives and, um, enjoy what you're doing. Yes. So much power in that. Thank you so much for joining me today, Tracy. It's been fun learning about you and yeah, I want to double down on that happy journal, you know, trust the process. Just like she says, it will retrain you to think differently. Every day is going to start looking different. If you do that. It definitely will. Well, thank you so much, Tracy. This has been the money in triple X podcast. Uh, for creators by creators. And if you want to hear more from us, you can check us out on all your podcasting sites. Thank you so much.